Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So what's going on? What are we going to ask listeners to do today? Uh, well, a couple of things. One is we're we're going to get into uh, talking. Uh, our subject matter today will be reacting to a, a, a something on Twitter that happened about a month ago that's been on my list for us to talk about. But before we get there, I wanted to um, tell people that we're going to be doing uh, some work around our Conversational Dojo material. So we've previously shared information about the Conversational Dojo kit. Uh, this is how you can run your own dojos. Uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And we're going to be both revising and expanding that. So revising material that's there based on the feedback that people uh, have given us who've already tried it. Uh, and so it, this is your chance. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and download the kit, um, try running one. We'd love to get your feedback on, on how that's gone so we can incorporate that feedback into the kit. And also we're looking to extend it. We're going to add on additional modules um, describing different dojos to do. And uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you about which of the uh, chapters you'd like to have the, the kit expanded to include. So we'll be doing that soon. One other thing, we will be doing a live public dojo. So if any of our listeners would like to be part of that, so Eduardo and and, and, and uh, Julio, if you're listening, this could be your chance. Go ahead and reach out. Let us know. Um, just get in hold of us and we'll put you on the list for that uh, public dojo. We might do more of these. We might do multiple of these uh, if we have a, a lot of people in different time zones uh, to make it easier. We might we might spread it out. So, um, so do get in touch uh, and let us know if you're interested in being part of that a public dojo. And if you'd like to know uh, when these are happening, uh, it, we will have a series of these. Go ahead and, and sign up at conversationaltransformation.com. Sign up for the newsletter there, sign up for the mailing list, and we'll make sure that we put that out there as well. So, but if you'd like to be on the fast track and get the, the uh, personalized uh, invite to that, um, go ahead and contact us directly uh, on Twitter or through our website. And I'm, I'm excited about bringing those more of that dojo material to the, to the public. Uh, which in a way is going to relate to our, our topic of today. That's right. So our friend Alistair Coburn uh, tweeted something on, on Twitter, and we, we've had it for a while on our list, but we had too many other things to do. So what he tweeted, and let me just see if I can describe it, because it's got a picture in it, which is never great for podcasts, but <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty clear. It's got his Heart of Agile picture, which has got a heart in the middle, heart. Uh, that's always uh, a, a good place to start. And uh, it's got collaborate at the top, deliver on the right, reflect at the bottom, and improve at the left. And then he's added some actions, some things to do to each of those. So for collaborate, he's got increase the quality of listening. For deliver, he's got small and soon. For reflect, he's got pause, check data, and emotions. And for improve, he's got small changes. And the uh, entire tweet is that picture plus just saying. <laughs> so in true pithy Alistair f fashion, we've got a idea in visual form, and uh, we're, we're to interpret it. And you, you had some specific reactions to it, and I, I do too. So uh, what, what were your reactions, Jeffrey? Well, I, I think there's a couple things. And, and, and first, I wanted to set the stage a little bit because not everyone may be equally familiar with Alistair's uh, career. Um, and and so to and sort of interpret where this is coming from. And I just the very, very briefest uh, outline, uh, Alistair was very early, uh, you know, uh, in the Agile community. He's one of the signatories of the Agile Manifesto. Um, he has been a longtime uh, focus in his work on the importance of people. Uh, his company was humans and software, and he 
uh, have as a, or is it humans and technology? Suddenly I'm not sure. Anyway, I, but it's very much, he's had people at the center of what he does. And uh, I've been following his work for, you know, two decades now. And uh, he's one of the people who helped me uh, understand the uh, centrality uh, of humans and uh, therefore shaped a lot of, of, of my uh, approach over time. A few years ago, he started this uh, distillation um, called Heart of Agile. He's, he's very much of the, the view that um, Agile is not dead <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination. It's, we're not in a post-Agile world. And in fact, most uh, uh, people out there who could benefit from Agile haven't been exposed to it yet. And we've talked about some of this in, in the podcast before. So he's got a very human-centric approach. He started to distill down to give people more of a, um, a sense of what Agile is about, which is it's not specific practices as much as it is these sort of core attributes, which he's- And, and this is his heart of Agile thing. This is what yeah, this exactly. picture is about. Yep. That's right. And and there's various elaborations of it. And this one stood out to me. And this is, I, I hadn't seen this from him before, this, this with these four extensions that we just talked about. And the two that stood out to me are the, 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 the most directly relevant to us. So I think they're all good, but the, the, the top and bottom elements around collaborate, you know, what should you be doing? Increase the quality of listening. If you want to improve your reflection, then you should pause, check data and emotions. And I like this because he's, he's describing a very short, tight cycle here. And so there's two things I want to talk about in, uh, in this podcast. And one was why, why I believe, and I think we agree that these are important elements for the for having the right dynamics of your um, uh, agile team. And I, I almost said agile software team, but I, I stopped myself. I said, no, no, your agile team, kind of no matter what discipline you're in, you know, if you, you, you want to be a more agile sales team, you want to be a more agile uh, account management team or more agile finance team, these same principles still apply. So if you want to have a more effective human team, Increasing the quality of your listening, pausing, checking emotions, those are good things. So I want to talk about why that's important. But then I also want to say, look, we, we, we have a, a problem here with potential, you know, again, uh, um, what do we do to, to actually achieve that? Because I think that's the, that's the missing element. It's when, if you just tell people like, well, listen better, they may not know what to do. So those are the, those are the two elements for me. Great. So tell us more about the first one, because I've got okay. my, my reactions are on the second one. And I, oh, really? I, think I, do, I do agree with you, but uh, I have a lot of thoughts about um, wh whether this is a, a helpful approach. Okay, great. Oh, that's that sounds fantastic. The, the increase the quality of listening, that one is, stands out to me um, because it's something that it's one of the places I, I typically start very early with people in my coaching. This is this is often a place where I find people uh, um, have real difficulty with the quality of their listening, and the problem is they are listening to the other people's words, but they're they have this cognitive bias, which is sort of filters what they hear. And they're uh, what I often find is that the natural human uh, response is a, a, a combination of biases. <laughs> and the, and the, the, the first one is confirmation bias, which was, so in a room and in, in a, various voices giving different points of view, we will tend to hear the things that confirm what we already believe and we'll tend to discount the things that don't confirm what we believe. Mm -hmm. And and I think what a lot of people um, don't understand is that that to listen well is an active state 
it's not it's not something that is passive it, and I, and this is true with and without so-called active listening so there's this the skill of active listening where i'm actually reflecting back what i hear and that's a very important element of the skill but i think even the element of just listening it requires attention in activity and i think this is the this is one element that that stood out to me as i thought about this the part i think people are, are least likely to understand unless you've done deliberate listening practice this is a topic that's very live for me because this weekend i did something new something i had never done before which is i joined the london uh, uh nonviolent communication uh, meetup group I, i've actually i've already been in that group for a while but they had an open public session uh, which was they called listening hour and we divided up into groups of people and uh, there would be one speaker and one listener and we would listen uh, the person would talk for four minutes four minutes is a long time <laughs> for someone to talk uninterrupted and to pay attention and then we would reflect back to them what we heard the, the empathetic response and what struck me was even in that four minutes that, that the amount of effort it took to really pay attention and to hear what they were saying and to to listen to the, all the clues possible what did this mean to them so not just what they were saying but what was the emotion what was the what was the real underlying message what was the underlying needs that they were expressing uh, and and so it was actually a very uh, immersive in engrossing prospect to listen to someone even for just a few minutes and i think this is this is one of the elements that in 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 looking at Alistair's um, uh, diagram and this uh, sort of direction, you know, increase the quality of listening. I thought, you know, there's a lot to that. There's a a lot of uh, a depth to that practice in something that seems so simple. So that that was the the, the first element and, and response I had. I know you said you, your thoughts were mostly on the second, but <laughs> absolutely. Well, the one I can just comment on is that for increasing the quality of listening. I also do it a lot in my coaching, and I've had a really interesting experience where I'm working with a group who are leaders in an organization, and uh, the, they have not agreed well. They don't have a good decision-making rule. They have not, uh, they've not had a uh, smooth and easy leadership experience, shall we say. Yes. And just having them say back to each other what they heard has had some tremendous effects in, in just a brief period. So, for example, if you're in an agile team and you're having trouble collaborating with, uh, you're the tech lead and you're having trouble come out collaborating with the product manager, that sort of situation, that's, there's isn't that, but something similar, then simply saying back, I understand that you'd like my team to uh, deliver on this feature by Friday, something like that, can really unlock a lot of understanding and collaboration that you, you don't think is that obvious. And you would think that you would need something complex. You would need a fancy ceremony. You need like pre-grooming. I have a client who does pre-grooming and post-grooming. So you would think you might need that kind of thing. Yeah, that uh, that practice you're describing of just saying back to the person what you've heard. I, uh, we may have mentioned it on the on the podcast before, but it's certainly worth repeating. I, I agree, it's one of the most powerful uh, um, practices, and it's something that. Uh, we practiced before, I remember once in the London Organizational Learning Meetup, where we did this, where we'd have people just say back to the other person what they had heard using, a key idea here was using the same words. We, we, we tried the simplest type of practice where someone would just literally say back, 
the same words. So I heard you say this, this, and this. And it really confounded people's expectations. Going into the practice, a lot of people predicted that it would be really annoying to have someone just repeat back to you what you said. And that wasn't people's experience at all. Actually, what they said is it felt really good to have someone say back to them even their exact words. They thought it would it would be sort of insulting. It would feel like someone was just parroting back. But actually just hearing back was really validating. It was like, okay, these people actually heard me. And I think part of what that did is it illustrated how rarely that happens, how, how, how infrequently we hear back from people uh, acknowledging what we've said. Because normally people, rather than acknowledge what we've said, they move on. They, they're responding with their own internal dialogue. They're responding out of their own world. And I know for myself, I often feel like, okay, I heard you say this thing in response to me, but I don't feel like it responded to me. <laughs> it's more like you talk after me, but not not responding to me. So I, I know I've had that that response myself. So even though something that seems very simple, like I'm just saying back to you, can really do a lot to increase uh, collaboration. Well, that makes sense. And that's certainly what I found with the, the group I've been coaching. They're really responsive to um, that, that practice, and it, it is the sort of thing they haven't done before. So I, in the session we did together, the one said, well, I had no idea you felt that way, and we could have resolved so much if I had known you'd felt that way before. And uh, because he was able to say back what he was experiencing, that, that um, unlocked um, collaboration that they hadn't been able to do before. Fantastic. So that's, that's, you know, increased quality of listening. You know, I think we're, we're both all in on this. Let's, let's move on to the second part, reflect. And I'm really curious because I, this idea of pausing, check data and emotions, uh, I really like, uh, and I, I think it's, um, a very important part, especially if we're going to come down to, to responding, um, is to, is to be thoughtful about the response. And I think this idea of, um, pausing, checking and emotions are a step along that path. Mm-hmm. Um, you saying you had more thoughts here. I'm, I'm, I, I oh, no, wanna... sorry, my, my, my greater thoughts. I don't think we're going to get to it. This podcast, we're going to need two parts here, I think, but the, okay. the thing I'm, I'm concerned about is, uh, something I'd call motherhood and apple pie. This, uh, idea that th- these are great ideas, but how the heck do you do them? Uh, <laughs> I think we'll need to, we'll need to come back to that one, but uh, big, big fan of, of pausing and especially checking emotions because the, um, challenge that I often see of several folks, one of, one of uh, whom is, is really growing fast, but all of whom have uh, a lot of emotional pressure on them. And it's a real difficult situation that, that I'm often coming into with my clients. And the emotions are uh, a, a huge contributor to unlocking and, and getting to that collaboration again in that story. The thing that the, um, uh, the, the hearer could do was to, to reflect back what he was hearing and then reflect the emotions and say that I, I now understand that you have an emotion about what I'm doing that I had no idea about. And, and you've had that for some time. Then he was able to apply that later when the group got together. They had a meeting, which I listened into and sounded on the surface just fine. I thought, oh, great. They're, they're doing better. Turns out he had picked up that uh, two others were uh, very concerned with something he was doing. He, he had gotten that sense. He then went and checked with them and verified that they had that emotion so they were able to deal with it. So that uh, sort of thing may happen in a, in a low-conflict meeting. You might be having a retrospective, which seems to be going along just fine when you're, you think you're doing your reflective practice. But as soon as you check the emotions, suddenly uh, you discover something that's a, a real challenge. And, and a lot of folks think emotions don't belong at work. We need to be rational. We need to be 
sensible. We need to be professional. I've heard that a lot. It's not very professional for me to tell you that I'm angry. It actually <laughs> is tremendously professional. It's a huge help. And so I'm pleased that Alistair is pointing this out here with a little more detail than saying reflect. Retrospectives are a way to reflect. If they don't have any emotions in them, they're probably not effective. And that, that's a great point. It was interesting hearing you describe this because you, you went with this a little bit direct direction than I had uh, thought about it, um, which is you're, you're talking now reflecting back to the other person, is, if I understand this correctly, what, what emotions you picked up from them. I, I thought of this differently as a way of helping myself. And what I had in mind here was kind of the ladder of inference, uh, which we've talked about in the past and should add a link to that in the show notes uh, as well. Um, and one of the elements, and this goes back, it's the flip side of what we were talking about before, which is in the listening. We, we often uh, aren't listening uh, attentively what the other person is actually expressing. And certainly that includes the emotions. But similarly, we're often um, blind to when we have a, a, a belief that we've, we've formed about what should happen. You know, we have conclusions about the world and beliefs about what should happen next. We, we've often leapt there. We've often just skyrocketed up our ladder of inference. <laughs> And, and we have this very strong feeling and belief about what should happen next, about what's true. And uh, our, we can be very certain of that and not always very aware of how we got there. And for, for me, this, this pause, check the emotions, I think this is an internal element, which is before I speak now, uh, I want to reflect and say, okay, well, how did I get here? What, what am I feeling right now? Um, we, we, we talked to him before about the line. We had an episode on that and, you know, sort of checking, am I above or below the line? And that this has been a very important part, that sort of internal reflection. You know, what, what am I feeling? What, what feels at risk? I had a great example uh, with someone I'm coaching yesterday and I was asking about sort of looking back at our several weeks of working together. And he actually described this element as the most important change in his own behavior was he felt now that when he was in a conversation and started to be feel difficult that it was a sign for him it was a, a trigger you know and sort of the the the, the uh, or rather the a, a tell if he found himself starting to feel like this was a difficult conversation that was a tell that he should tune into and say well what's going on inside of me you know what's my own state what am i bringing to this that's making this difficult. In other words, how, how, how is my own internal emotional state, my own beliefs, how are they contribute to this being, contributing to this being difficult? Because very often what makes the conversation difficult is our own fears that we're not often aware of. Instead, it feels like the other person is just simply wrong. And <laughs> that, you know, that I hear what they're saying, but they're wrong. They're missing these things. And that um, pressure that you described earlier, that sort of tension that we have, this feeling that, you know, we, we've got to get something done now, that our own emotional state can be contributing to our not listening, our, our, our not articulating our own views well, because that uh, the fear has made us, our, our worldview so narrow that we just, we don't see other options. It's just win or lose. I'm right. They're wrong. <laughs> let's just get this over with. Um, you know, let's, 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 let's make the decision, which is the right one that I want. And it really take away the space for the, the dialogue, uh, and the collaboration. So that's, that was the, what I was thinking about for this, um, pause, check data and emotions. And it sounds like you, you and I, uh, uh, I think those are both valid interpretations, but we just triggered slightly different, um, uh, thoughts in each of us. Indeed.
Well, Alistair's tweet is very good at triggering thoughts. I'm going to suggest, Jeffrey, you might see it differently. What do you think? I really want to talk about the motherhood and apple pie. I'll explain that um, in the future. Yes. But I'd like to talk about that next time. How does that seem to you? I, I think that sounds great. As we mentioned earlier at the at the start, uh, we, we we talked about our intention to do future um, public uh, dojos. And one thing we said, these are the dojos are places where we get to practice these skills. So if you've listened to us and you've heard, oh, good, this quality listening sounds good. Yep, I, I agree with it. The need to check data and emotions. But how do I get better at that? Um, this is what the dojos are for. So please, if you've, if, if you've heard this and it sounds good and you'd like to know how to put it into practice, um, do get in touch with us. And uh, we'll, we'll look forward to uh, uh, um, having you join us for that. And next time, I'm really interested in hearing Squirrel. We talk about um, motherhood and apple pie, which I think is a, I don't know what you have in mind. I'm looking forward to being surprised, but already uh, uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to hear about it. Sounds good. Well, we'll explain what that means and other things on next week's Troubleshooting Agile podcast. Before then, if you want to get in touch about the conversational dojo, or if you think emotions don't belong at work, or if you have a different disagreement with us or with Alistair, we'd sure like to hear from you, whatever your point of view is. You can find us on conversationaltransformation.com, where you'll also find mailing lists and videos and all kinds of fun stuff if you're interested in hearing more from us. And our Twitter as well, in case you want to engage with us that way, as Alistair did to, to get us going on this topic. And of course, we like it when you come back next week to hear uh, what we have to talk about. And you can do that by hitting the subscribe button in whatever tool you're using to listen to us because we come out every week and we like talking to you. We'll do that next week. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl.